Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast. I was looking through some old intros and I pulled up this one from the 4th of January where I said, Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a venture into verbal volleyball where we vigorously investigate the value of the newly verified Norwich manager, David Wagner. It was just me and thee that day and it's just me and thee today. I asked Punt to get reacting and I'm going to do the same again. So, Punt, how are we feeling about David Wagner nine months hence? Um, not brilliant. I've, I think the scales have tipped in the last couple of weeks for me. I put it on my social media. I've, I've kind of pivoted towards Wagner out. I, I know that's not a position that, or you know, a view that you share. No, but I just think I don't know what he is in terms of a head coach. I wonder whether, and I said it on this before i wonder whether he's a busted flush i wonder whether he's been working off two really great seasons at huddersfield but then actually the breadth of his work elsewhere doesn't really stand the test yeah there's some mitigations around that but actually would i expected him to do better than he has probably um would i have expected him to do better last season with the players that he had at at his disposal yes and so then we come to this season and yeah all right you can say the absence of, not necessarily Ashley Barnes, but the absence of Josh Sargent would scupper any championship side of that. I don't think there's any debating. But I think to take one slash two players out of a, a lineup and then for us to look an absolute shadow of the side that we were for the first, what, six games or whatever it was until um, Sarge got injured really worries me. I think... I'm quite baffled at his team selections at the moment. I, he's gone from seemingly not rating Sam McCallum full stop to then chucking him in for for one of I thought the you know the best performers this season in Dimi Yanoulis. He's playing Gibbs as a ten. I don't think Gibbs is a ten at all. I don't think his qualities lend itself to to that kind of role. And he came out post match and seemed really quite satisfied with the way things went at Coventry. And it was almost like, yeah, that's the plan. We're going to let them have the ball, going to let them have loads of position, uh, possession. And we were going to be decent in transition and be solid and you know all of those things. And I didn't really see us be very good in transition. So it's all very well having that plan and setting traps and doing all those things. But we put probably one, maybe two meaningful moves together all game for me. One of those resulted in a goal, a very good goal. When you look at it back, you know, kind of some stellar work from, from Stacey and Gibbs. And then John Rowe to finish it. But beyond that, I saw nothing against Coventry. I didn't see much for about half of the Swansea game. The Plymouth game, I mean, psychologically, I don't know. We haven't talked about the Plymouth game because we haven't podded for a while. But psychologically, I don't see how a team comes back from that with the same head coach. And the club is in limbo. There's no doubt about that. We, you know, we're lurching from, or not lurching, but we we are moving and transitioning from one sporting director to another you know the, the processes around that are beginning to become more solidified and we're understanding you know obviously we know who it is now there's going to be a handover period all of that is really positive there's no way that Wagner's going to be Ben Napper's man longer term so I just think let's push the button let's restart it now because if we don't the trajectory that we're on at the moment is I think will be mid-table fodder quite quickly and the football that was quite exciting at the start of the season doesn't seem that exciting to me anymore well the case for the defence in many of the things you've said 
starting not quite in order because I wasn't writing it down because you know why would I? This isn't a job. Um, first and first and foremost, I think you do have to say that it's not one and a bit. It, it really is two, and they're in the same position. So this the Sergeant and Barnes factor was such a huge part of why we were so exciting to watch and why we were such a handful for teams and why teams weren't able to um, kind of watch the previous two, three performances and have our number. Uh, you know, other than Southampton, where we we seem to be, when that whole game was just bonkers from from both sides of view, very difficult to analyse from either team. Um, we we are a real handful going forward. Our press is absolutely superb, um, and we we really did seem to be playing very kind of impactful, decisive passes forward quickly, but not in any way lumping and hoping. You know, with with real um, vigour and. Um, enthusiasm and our midfield players and wide players were getting up and around our front two really quickly to receive the balls after that first ball forward. And then we would play triangles sort of 20 yards forward from where we were just playing triangles. And it made perfect sense. What I don't, what I don't, the main thing I don't agree with you and the other detractors of Wagner and or Norwich generally is I've still seen elements of that in the most recent games. I appreciate it's frustrating that we're not doing it in as big a chunks of those games as we were in the early season. But I fundamentally think that that is down to the fact that we have lost our striker one and striker two. Uh, Either I would, you know, we've made no bones about the fact that we wouldn't have given him a five-year contract. I don't think he's ever shown anything to suggest that he can lead the line at this level. Um, he can be a goal scorer and a finisher but he also misses really quite easy chances I think he's I think he's scored from two more difficult chances than some of the ones he's missed to be honest you know since he's been leading the line that was shown from the fact that you know Huang got a go and likewise I think he's now made seven appearances um and uh, to be honest looks like a keen runner um but I, I think in, in Ida and Huang, we've basically got two players who have got some elements without the experience of um, Barnes and, and Sargent's game. And, and I think we are seeing the we are seeing the drop off of that. Now, it's not great to be completely reliant in the same way we never won a game without Buendia. You don't want one player or one or two players to, to drop out. But when it's two in the same position, I think that is more impactful than maybe losing a left a left back and a striker or a central defender and a striker because effectively you are weakening you know you're you're two rungs down from what you thought you were going to be going to battle with now on the on the side of things of you know to pick up a couple of things you said you mentioned dimmy brilliant performances i i agree really confused that that uh, he was taken out of the team for he's in my top three if it, barry butler voting was tomorrow dimmy is getting one of my three votes absolutely no doubt about that and you mentioned another name there stacy our fullbacks have been superb now that is a wagner thing like we have not been a super fullbacky bombing on kind of team like i know aaron's did some great work in with in farker's uh, time at the club but never with the same um repetitiveness and you know it is clearly a key facet of the way Wagner likes to get forward is to, to play through the with those two wingers and I still really enjoy that you know Johnny Rowe we talked about it in the pre-season pod we you know if this team's going to be anything we're going to need a player like that to, to step up and congratulations on your England under 21 cap absolutely deserved uh, but he is a young lad and the reason that he's an England under 21 international in the championship rather than in the Premier League is at the moment he is 
almost you have to give him a couple of games where he doesn't make that much of an impact. He did very little apart from his goal, for example, in in the in his hour or so outing in the Midlands at the weekend. Um, and, you know, you, you do kind of have to give him that pass because he's <laughs> irrelevant of his age. Even if he was 25, the point is he's only in what? 10, 11 senior games. <laughs> he's, he's he's hardly played football at this level. So, you know, we it's it's insane that, we, that we've that we got six goals out of him or, or seven or whatever it is now. It's, it's bonkers. It's terrific news. But again, we, it's not fair to expect him to be week in, week out right now. So when you when you bear that in mind that, you know, our, our maybe best three players going forward, two of which are missing and one is a kid and then a very inexperienced kid in, in that, really, I think the... The decision to extend Ida, that's probably on Weber, um, if we're going to put it on anyone's feet who's currently at the club, um, and he's going. So I, I kind of give Wagner a pass for that. Um, Huang, very, very short notice after the sergeant injury, best we possibly could get in. He's contributed to some pressing. And if it wasn't for Ida, Placetta, um, and at one stage Gibbs, not um, I'm thinking about the last couple of home games, just rolling the ball into his path. I think he would have had a couple of goals by now. He he, he has taken up some good positions and not received a ball because um, his energy's good. So I don't know. I, I'm ironically not typically <laughs> Mr. Glass half full, but this season to me, we are the up and down team that we thought we were going to be. I actually think some of the goals we've scored and some of the the attacks we've had have been a lot more enjoyable than than, than we've had um, than, than we maybe expected it to be. Um, and one thing I said to you after the game on Saturday, because you were more down on it than I was on after Saturday, the the atmosphere. I was at. Uh, I've only been to Craven Cottage. I've only done the one away game this this year, and um, I, I don't like to say apologies because no one pays us to to do this. But but and um, you know it is unfortunate we haven't podded more recently uh, we've taken it in turns having covid it's it's been a rubbish it's been a rubbish two or three weeks in terms of me and punt's availability so sorry we couldn't get around the mics together but the after saturday night i i was left feeling really disappointed at the you know the late e- the late equalizer and i'm i'm afraid it was my scapegoat is the one guy that i think really is other than either you know i i do i do think gibson is is has outstayed his welcome in, in the, as a first choice centre back at Norwich, but you know he was unlucky with that goal. I I think generally you can hear the, the away fans singing. The numbers are still good because they are they do know they are going to get some good football. They might not get a result. They might not get ninety minutes of it. But to me, this team is a top uh, top ten to top twelve team without those front two players and with those front two players we're a top six team and the results have kind of shown that I I think it is going to be win one lose one win two lose two I think that's what we're going to get until we get those two back um so to me it's more a case of they are almost exactly aligning with my expectations and 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 maybe I didn't get quite as maybe my expectations didn't change that much based on that that opening kind of volley of the first few games because once we lost those two players, it was just so clear that well, we're not going to be the same team. I get that. Um, I get your point of view, and I, I appreciate the perspective from people who are still behind the manager. And I think that the reason that I'm not is 
I, st- I genuinely think it is one player. I think once Sargent had dipped out, Barnes looked an absolute shadow of the player that he was when he had Sargent around him. So to me, it's clear that Barnes probably needs legs around him. Um, I, but I think it's... So there's, there's a few strands to this. I think it's a failure of coaching that we haven't adjusted the style to suit Ida or Huang or Gibbs or... Sarah or whoever you're going to put up there. I think there is a failure of coaching to adjust. And he's been asked this by the Pinkham boys because I've seen the press conferences, you know, kind of do you think you need to to tweak things and maybe play in a slightly different way? And he's like, no, they all know what, you know, kind of what I, I want them to do. Well, so either coach them to be able to do what you want to do or or change a little bit, you know, kind of just, just tweak it. And I, he hasn't done that. Um, but also that is allied to the fact that all right, you defend from the front. But actually, actually, the concessions that we're offering now seem to be way more significant than, than they have been probably, you know, all of this season. And this is where I think that where I say the trajectory is down. We are now conceding lots of possession, lots of chances, lots of things that I don't think is typically characteristic of a Norwich City side to do. And I that isn't because Josh Sargent is missing. I think that actually, psychologically, this team is still frail um and we are as i say mid-table championship fodder i i I don't think we're anything more than that and i think certainly with ashley barnes i don't think we're anything more than that with sergeant maybe we you know kind of top eight something along those lines but he's out till january and i I just given that Stuart weber will probably won't be here by the turn of the year given that historically sporting directors don't typically stay with the the head coach that they've got in situ unless things are going incredibly well I just it just feels inevitable to me that Wagner isn't going to be here so why are we wasting our time on him if you've got Napa that is watching from afar why would you not maybe be looking to accelerate that process because otherwise this season will potentially be a write-off I can't see us right now challenging for the top six I, I just don't think we'll have that in us and all right we're only maybe a couple of points off fourth or whatever it is but we're a couple of points off 15th maybe as well yeah but that was, and, that's the case and we're not the playing but we're not playing <laughs> particularly well we're not playing particularly well and i think that's that's my worry is that we've got games coming up i am incredibly worried at how toxic carrow road could get if daniel farker's lead side turn us over and then daniel farker not really giving a fuck about us anymore is going to whip over to the traveling support give it the olays to the Leeds fans because why wouldn't you if you're him and um that'll go down well won't it yeah but I mean I that I don't think it's I don't think it'd be any more toxic um than if we were fourth and that happened you know I I, I don't think the I think, I, think that... I think you're underplaying that there is a strength of feeling I think that is growing that is yeah, maybe what is going on like Wagner can't get a grip of this I, I genuinely I, I, I don't I'm not sure that he can get a grip of this and you know like I, I do think he needs to adjust to players like Adam Eder. I think it's I, mean, I actually think it's horrible that Adam Eder has been scapegoated in in the way that he has when but you he, look at him, he's had so many opportunities you look at him on Saturday and apart from where look he could crane his neck at that chance or he could go in and slide towards it but actually this is a lad that you know has had pelters He's not playing that badly and he's got nothing around him. He's got absolutely nothing around him, you know, kind of in terms of chance creation. So 
what are we expecting from him? Because to me, he seems a bit more of a, you know, a finisher rather than a hard worker. So unless we serve up those chances, you know, what do we expect? Yeah, he missed an absolute howler the other night. You know, of that, there is no doubt. But all strikers do that. We've seen Timo Puki do that. We've seen, you know, kind of Grant Holt do that. You know, it, he will, I think there is a player there. As I've said on this pod many times, I think we've completely mismanaged his development. I think he needs a regular run of games and to score goals. I don't think that should have been for Norwich City, but we are where we are now. So give him a chance, get behind him. Um, so, and I, so I don't like the fact that he's been scapegoated. I don't like the fact, because I think, again, it's a failure of coaching to properly support him. I don't like the fact that Ben Gibson has been scapegoated either, because actually I think he's this season he's been nowhere near the problem. You know, he, I think he's been perfectly fine this season, actually. Um, so... It's a real mixed bag for me, and I, but I just don't see it getting any better under Wagner, and I think that's where I'm at, or that's why I, I am where I am. We mentioned the new sporting director, so Ben Napper is is the guy, uh, former loans dude. I think this is title at Arsenal. <laughs> um, so uh, you know he has got the Marquinhos stink on him, but if we uh, are we laying that on him. Well, no, I've got no idea how, <laughs> how involved he was, but I mean, just yeah, any, yeah, any any excuse to remember what an idiot that guy was, he was useless. So the the, the thing about, you, you're obviously you're completely right when it comes to in all sports, when you have this kind of two tier system of general manager and coach or sporting director and manager or however, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, usually it's a broom comes through and sweeps out, and 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 the backroom staff will change over. You expect lots to be lots of change over. However, it's relatively recent. Like we, you know, we these interviews might have been on for going ongoing from the summer, and it might be, it might have been a long term arranging compensation with Arsenal. Who knows? It, he may have, have have had a fair inkling it was going to be him for a couple of months. I would still argue that that's probably not enough of a body of evidence for him to um, necessarily know who his shortlist of of candidates for who he'd bring in is. So what I wouldn't want us to do is I'm very much, I I was so this, yeah, okay, this sounds overdramatic, but fuck it. I was so scarred by how much, uh, Smith's brand of football made me not want to go to Carrow Road, which I have never felt. And I do not feel anything like that with Wagner's football. We might lose and we might not play very well, but but we are also this season in recent games capable of passages of play with individual players that have got me off my seat and made me excited to go and made me want to go. And I want to celebrate Rose's success. I'm delighted we've got another one off the conveyor belt. I love watching Gabby Sara and I think he's he's a really good player. Um, you know, I love that Kenny's got an important role in this team. You know, I really want Gibbs to come good, but I think talking about mismanaging his football development, he's about seven different types of midfielder he's been asked to be in mm-hmm. his in his his cameos this year. He might be a ten if he if we played there nonstop. I think he's probably got the ability eventually to be a ten. But or he the, played there for the twenty threes regularly and just got groomed whatever. as a ten. Yeah, but, fine. But yeah. point is, I th- I think he is a he's. A, I don't think that's necessarily Wagner. I I think there has been an eye off the ball in in that player development, and I think Johnny Rowe is maybe the current anomaly in that he he his ability has all come good at the right time, and maybe we'd have seen it last year if it wasn't for injuries. Uh, maybe that player has been there ready to unlock for a while. But um, 
I, I, I'd be, I'd be cautious to. So I, I haven't heard a single grumble about Wagner where I am at, at Carrow Road. I haven't heard a single grumble about Wagner in my lads chat. Um, like annoyed, annoyed that we've mucked something up, but compared to uh, last days of Farker, last days of insert any manager or pretty much every day of, of Smith, there was constant manager baiting and co- like when, when, when that turned, yeah. I, 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 it may well be that your social circle has already gone and it will happen in different pockets and it always kind of takes time to go around. It might be, but, but honestly, what I am not, I'm not seeing that. I'm not hearing that. I'm nowhere near as, as frequent on social media as you, not, not that you're exactly a nonstop teenager, but you know what I mean? I, I, I do dip in and out around game time. And other than the usual detractors who, to be honest, are the first ones to go every time, I'm not really, I'm not seeing kind of the middle, the middle ground people um, really seem to have gone yet because I, I do think there's enough mitigating, mitigating circumstances. And, you know, the, the last home performance was really positive. And that is a big difference. We we stunk the place out at home under Smith. Yeah. And we and you know it's a way where we stink the place out under Wagner, and, so, and that's the yeah. difference. And I wonder whether how much the strength, the, the depth of feeling would be different if it was home form garbage, of it was, away form. Because brilliant. that's yeah. the, that's the thing that the majority of people spend their hard earned mm-hmm. money on. In inverted commas, um, you know, three thousand we took to Coventry. They'll be disappointed they didn't see as good a performance. But again, going back, I've I've only got the one very small sample size. The only game I've been able to go away to was Craven Cottage. And that was a good performance. It was obviously it was a bit. It was a cup. Um, it was a cup uh, uh, league uh, lineup that we put out. Fulham were very strong. Um, but the 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 effort there was the there was the clown shoes own goal, uh, a clown shoes goal early on. But that aside, we played brilliantly, and the likes of Fisher looked fantastic, and Sam McCullum played really well in that game, and the young lad Warner played really really well, and we sang all the way through and obviously then saints came on and gave us a bit of hope at the end, but we were already singing it behind the boys before he got that, that, that goal. So I don't know. It's I'm, I think that it's better the devil, you know, with Wagner because we've seen how bad it can be when you appoint someone in a quick fashion like Smith um, and you should have taken longer over it. And if Napa's not really sure that he's got the next, insert name of young upcoming manager and no I won't be using that one from up the road as an example unless you've got that guy who you think is or girl who's progressive and going to do something differently with this squad and can and can articulate to you what's your plan with Ida what's your plan if Sergeant's injury is longer than January then I say I'd rather have a good game every other game and you know, I don't think we're going to be getting lots of six twos. And Chris Gorham made an excellent point after uh, um, after the Plymouth game, and on, uh, on a on a on a subsequent game, that after that game he looked at the um, he looked at Hud- uh, Wagner's Huddersfield, and I think they lost by four or more goals three times in the season when they got promoted. I think that is an element of Wagner. I, I do think he is a bit. If you if you're getting people to bomb on, then you are going to be exposed on the counter, and that's how the Swansea go happen. We we if we wanted to grind out a draw against Swansea, we'd have ground out a draw against Swansea. We were bombing forward trying to get a winner, and I'm, to be honest, that's that's my manager. That's the way I'd rather be. Yeah, I've got I've got no issue with us pressing for three points all the time, but I just I see a real fragility around what Norwich do, and what I also see, I think, is that Wagner's tactics might have been worked out 
a little bit as well. So I think teams are now savvy towards, you know, the way in which we're going to approach ourselves. Rotherham, Birmingham weren't. We, Birmingham well, weren't. Birmingham were shite, mate. Like, yeah, but they like, haven't been no shite. About but that. they but haven't they, been shite. But they've got injuries. They were shite against they, us. Like, absolute. Apart from, um, what's his name? Stansfield up front. And then the, uh, forgive me, I don't know his name, but the uh, wide player number 11, who I thought was really promising all night. Birmingham were really bad. Like, Stoke really, really well. bad. Second half, Stoke really threw everything at us. And, and this is what in I mean. terms so of fragility, we stood up to that challenge really we well. We did. But we didn't stand up to it against Swansea. We didn't stand up to it against Leicester, you, you could argue, although I thought they were I thought an I thought we were very unlucky. Side. We were unlucky yeah, we not didn't to get stand up to against Cov, didn't stand up to it against Swansea, certainly didn't stand up to it against Plymouth. Swansea, uh, we I came th- from a goal down. And and you know, we had a we had a slow start. We came from goal down and then bossed it for about forty five minutes either side of half time. But we were really poor the other two sides of that. So again, it's like it's yeah. halfway well, house, isn't it? We're not, you know, but we're it's, not it's good how... enough to dominate a game for ninety minutes. We don't have the players. We knew we weren't going to have the you players. You don't need ninety minutes. You need like a 60, 70 minute performance. And what I think we get a lot is 40, 45 minute performances. And yeah. I don't think that gives us enough. But I come back to right. I, so I take your point around. So if you know, kind of, if we haven't got someone lined up, why should we change? I, I never think that's a reason to not sack your manager. I, you know, like I think if it's not working, get rid. But also, if we accept that, you know, the logic that Wagner is not going to be Napa's man, and you know, I think most people would look at that and go, you know, do you think David Wagner is going to be Norwich City's head coach in six to nine months' time? Most people are like, look, probably not. What's what's the harm in going for a month or two with? Pelach or you know if you pronounce his name because he seems to be doing most of the coaching from the touchline anyway you know that's the thing you're cross about so why keep him (laughs) keep Wagner and get rid of him if there's coaching you don't like (laughs) you may as well have a slight difference you may as well have a slightly different voice at the top if it you know kind of if it's you know I just Andy Hughes just basically just go fucking hell not Andy Hughes no not Andy Hughes (laughs) I mean um, you know you know his relationships with supporters may be slightly more frayed than Wagner's were. Um, that's the thing that I think Wagner's done really well is to help unite a fan base and to understand the importance of connection with supporters. And, and I applaud him for that. And I'm so pleased that he's brought that back to to Carra Road and, and to the away support. And I think, you know, him, but also City Elite, you know, in terms of the drum, have been a massive part of that. So, I, I, you know, the the kind of coming together of supporter and players post Dean Smith era, Wagner has been hugely important, but I just don't think he's what we need right now. And I see nothing short of a few games with Josh Sargent in our team that tells me that that's going to be any different in a few months time. Yeah. So for me, it's like, look, he's going to be gone under the new guy anyway. Let's just go now. Let's let's re- hit the reset button at a really opportune moment. And have a look at what's out there and try and be more progressive with what we're doing. Have you got any candidates? No. I mean, yeah, I'd take that bloke up the road, but I don't think he'd come to us now. Not at the moment, no. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't... I, I, I don't... Uh, I don't have any candidates and, to be honest, wouldn't even think... wouldn't even be thinking about it because I don't... I, I think the issue is we are we are one more cycle maybe two windows away from a squad that can challenge with regularity in games i i think that fragility you mentioned stacy doesn't have it dimmy even though he was here i i mean i, I you know i don't think he ever had it 
um, because I think he he will always go with how the rest of the team around him are playing. I think if the team, if the most of the team are at 65, 70%, that will be him. If most of the team are having a nine out of 10 kind of game, then he'll step up as well. Um, but I, I almost feel like with the players they brought in, they did really well with that mentality element. I think we almost need another another couple of windows, another summer of moving out some more of the kind of failures of the last uh, campaign and bring bring in some more because like to the point on on some of the people they've got available, Onel's a, a trier and Shemi's a trier, but they shouldn't be anywhere near a starting no, eleven of a no, championship. You're quite right. And and when and when that's what Wagner's got to deal with that the handle, that is exactly what um the new uh, coach would have to deal with. I, I personally think Yeah, but why don't we hit the reset button now? Because, because if I don't we're accepting... because those players aren't gonna change. No, and they're not. And Wagner can get a good tune out of them sometimes. What if the new person can't get a good tune out of them at any time? I, I think I'd much rather be we're, working we're not towards in, something that is more sustainable and long-term than what I think most people would accept is going to be a short-term tenure now for David Wagner. Like, only if I mean? it's not right. only if it's not successful. Like if if he is successful, it could be three. It could be another four or five years easily. If if he has, if give, he give him that Adam Eder contract. Sorry. If he yeah, if he has probably a raise or what he's on now. If he is, uh, <laughs> if he, if we are in the top ten um, at the end of this season and fewer than three games off the playoffs, I would say that is as much as I could have. Ho- I would have hoped for to be in the race right up to the last day and maybe nick our place in the playoffs. But I, I would say that's. I don't. I think it's going to take an incredible manager with the squad that he's got available to do anything other than have this team top 10. And so therefore, what else do we want? Like some of the football's pretty good. It's, you know, it's not always brilliant. It's all, it's all right. Oh, I mean, it's, again, but, but you, then our I think, bar is I think so low. You, our bar has been so low because you've just talked about it. Dean Smith era. But that's my point. I am. I love what I'm, I love what I'm seeing now because it's so much better than what I've had, bef- what I've had recently. Now it's not as good as I've also had, before that yeah, I was going to say I quite like my, my turd sandwich because no, previously not, I had a diarrhea sandwich no it's not as bad as that <laughs> it is it's not as bad as that it really isn't like I know Carrow I'm just Road's making that nice, point Carrow is a nice place to go um, at the moment and I don't want to risk it being a worse place to go because I've seen how badly appointments can go wrong and I think Wagner is capable I think he is I think he's clearly able to um tactically set his team up to do well and I also think he sometimes can be tactically outthought by other people who are just a bit fresher than him and maybe have got slightly hungrier players on that given day and as far as I'm concerned I'm quite enjoying that that element of the of, of the Norwich going experience at the moment like, on, do you think our, he's tactically day, flexible though do you think he's ta- like because I don't see him change anything up properly I see him change light for light players, and then it not really affect games. Yeah, so we 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 switch. We switch. I mean, he he. I think he's definitely tried. He tried Johnny in the in the ten. Um, he he tried Johnny on the opposite flank on another day, and then it really had an impact when they then switched switched flanks back. But that's not a change in shape. That's a change in no. like just putting people in different holes. And that's my worry with him is is that all you've got? Well, I don't know. I don't know how many managers are, are routinely routinely switching between three different formations with success there's managers who have tried it without success and they get panned for it 
But I think, well, all right. So if we look at something, like, and this is putting our bar particularly high, but if you looked at like days of Farker and when we were looking at comeback wins, we would very often stick on another striker, go three at the back, perhaps slightly shift where Emmy was playing, maybe, you know, put him more, slightly more centrally, um, you know, kind of, there would always be tweaks to what well, we were trying that. to do. He brought in a third centre back um, and, and went three at the back in the but last. But that was game. just to see something out, and for two minutes, and then we failed. No, 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 he didn't fail. We worked against Stoke. We had three. Danny Bart came on against Stoke. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I I stand corrected in in that regard. He, I mean, he came on against Coventry and. Yeah, Forty did, yeah. seconds later. Yeah, but um, I mean that wasn't. I mean, it's not like nothing he, to do with he, that. It's not his fault. He didn't kick it. I mean, to to say that that's Wagner's fault or or bad, no, Danny Bart's no. fault. It's, it's, that's look, it's, Gibson it's being an Gibson, excellent. Right? It's an excellent cross that's really difficult to deal with. Gibson has to go for it. He gets it wrong. Like you know, these things happen in football. That that's these things happen. That I can Gibson. accept what I do, what I struggled to accept more was one our complete capitulation post that goal going in where we nearly lost the game, and two just us inviting the pressure on for 20, 25 minutes before that and not really managing a game. And again, well, you know, yeah. that's an issue for me. Stoke was a bit like that, to be honest. Like we, we were one nil up and after about 70 minutes, we started playing like it was the 86th minute. Mm. Um, you know, we, we started playing as if, well, let's just see this out then, lads. And you're like, well, there's like 25 minutes left here. <laughs> there's quite a lot of game left to, to, to sort of go into, let's put 11 men around the edge of the box and hope for the best. Um, but no, look, Let's have some listener questions and let's let's go with the vibe of of what they're saying. I mean, we've just been talking about this, but I'll kick off with um, Ben Davy on Twitter, Ben, who we were okay. having a point with on Saturday, um, and he asks: In view of the recent form and with the appointment of a new sporting director, how many games would you give Wagner to attempt to turn things around to mount a sustained bid at the playoff positions? So I'm saying zero. I think I've made that quite clear. But how long are you giving? Herr Wagner before or are you just accepting like this is what it is and if it, this is it for the season then so be it uh, well firstly Danny Bart didn't come on against Stoke um, so you were right uh, second, <laughs> secondly uh, I don't um, I, I, I yeah I mean I, I'm just not in this is what is so odd right I'm just not yeah, in this manager. Is totally I'm opposite not, of where yeah, we usually I, I'm, are yeah. I, I'm just not in manager out territory like I, I wouldn't give him I, as far as I'm concerned, he is hamstrung with the squad he's got and with the injury he's had. And I and I I don't agree that that Barnes looked a shadow of him. I still think Barnes was. Well, it might have been a Freudian Freudian slip, but you said in injury, like single injury there instead of injuries. Yeah, yeah because I was going to come on to the Barnes point. Like the the, the point yeah. is, like, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, it's one and striker one and two. I think mm. everyone would agree there's quite a big gap between one and two. But I also think there's probably an even bigger gap between two and three than we realised. Um, because I, I, well, I think I, that my point about adjusting, I think, is the bit that worries me that he can't adjust a system yeah, around the personnel that he's got. Yeah, but to our point about someone up the road not wanting to come, who's going to come? Like, who who do we think? But that's would... never a, that's never it an is, argument for me to go. Is, don't sack him. It is if we're not in the relegation zone. If you're in the relegation zone, if you are active, you know, if the car is actively careering off a cliff, you know, if you are actively if there's harm being done, but I don't think there is, I don't think he's making substitutions that are directly ruining results. I don't think he's failing to try and change things, which is really frustrating when you're on a bad run of form. He's properly, he loves, loves a substitution, that boy. Um, a bit too much. He, he, he uses all five with regularity. Which, he loves it. Yeah. He can't wait to get people on. Um, I don't, uh, see, that. that's my thing. 
the argument of why wait you know you know that that's the element that i think well you wait because yes okay we might be close to the bottom and close to the top but then in the championship you nearly always are it's very difficult because everyone's actually quite apart from maybe leicester everyone's quite crap so like like last season apart from burnley everyone was quite crap so yeah. every, everyone every now everyone every now and again we'll lose to hull or we'll lose to qpr because everyone's a bit shit so um because of that, you you do tend to find it very difficult to move more than two or three games away from from the bottom four or five. But the um, whilst we are within touching distance of the the playoffs, i.e., we need a couple of results swing. That to me is my is always my barometer. We, we, we are we are we are a couple of results going our way away from our stated goals this season. And are you saying I, Hull are a bit shit? Just as you used it as an example, though. Yeah, I think Hull I mean, are this is this Hull... is definitely a loaded question. They have exactly the same amount of points as us. Yeah, and but I, as I've said, I think we're a bit shit. Like I, I think <laughs> I think we've because we are because yeah, we, yeah. because we have to start Shemi and O'Neill sometimes, you know. And I like them both. Uh, Shemi has really brought me round. I mean, because I was not a fan, but only because he hadn't played very well. But he he can contribute a, as a bit part player in a championship promotion push yeah. if you use him in exactly the right way. I.e., you're already two. Well, who is it? We're already two up away from home, and he sprinted onto a counter attack ball and laid Ozan, an Your game, I think. Yeah, he laid yeah. an Eder, didn't he, yeah. for the fourth? Maybe. So you using Shemi against a tiring opposition when you're already winning. I'm here for it. Brilliant! What a great player! To, what a great asset! I.e., that pace to to have when all you need is pace. He, he shouldn't be starting a championship game. Technically, he's got all the tools apart from, as I think Stuart Weber has alluded to before, a brain. Well, know, and and to, unf- to unfortunately, Weber's that's point, quite important in a modern footballer. So to Weber's point with last season, um, he said in his media round, um, I, think, I think our invitation got lost in the post. Um, he, <laughs> he said, um, he said, look, un- until something like two games before the end of the season, technically, mathematically, it was perfectly possible um, and I can't remember if it was Sheffield Wednesday. There was one particular, you know, game that we were really hard done by, um, with only like two, three weeks to go. And whilst we had all felt that we were, it, we, it was miles off. Actually, you know, in pure points yeah, terms, yeah. and we were proven right. We thought, yeah, I know, but we can't. We're not going to overturn that. I, I, I do feel similarly to Weber about this season. In that, at the moment with how topsy-turvy the results have been, and we're still very, very early, you know, with less than a quarter of the way through the season or very, you know, about one game off a quarter of the way through the season. I, I think that we are, um, there will still be a team that emerges, you know, in a really solid fashion. One of the current challengers will drop off because um, yeah. it always happens. You know, history is instructive in that way and we are still in touch. So look, I I can't possibly throw any weight behind how many games does he have left. As far as All I'm right. concerned, we we still we still scoring goals, we're still creating chances. So if we play out that we went winless in the next three, which oh. is perfectly plausible, where where do you reckon you'd be at? Or is that kind of performance related as well? Yeah. To me, to be honest, it's no different to if you asked me with any almost any other manager at almost any other time. You know who hasn't just won something or whatever. Um, if if we if we go on a if he can't fix the away form, you know if he cannot buy a win away from love nor money, but, but probably most importantly is if if Carroll Road stops being so much fun. Like we're winning at home a lot, 
and it, and it, and we're playing enough good football at home that I'm enjoying going. So I think we've been fortunate with the play, the teams that we've played at home as well. Well, I think there's there's another team down the road who have been similarly very fortunate, but we'll we'll find out in a few weeks, won't we? Yeah, let's not talk about that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we have another question? Yep. So. Furthy3 on Twitter asks, do you think that we will have to get ready for a prolonged period of time in the championship to allow us to rebuild and set stronger foundations for future progression? I, I sort of already think we are. I think we're yeah. there, aren't we? I mean, I think this is, this is a, you know, we are a well-maintained, asset-rich football club who are in the top 30 infrastructure teams in the league. Sorry, in the country. Um, and we have to wait our turn until a combination of dynamic young manager or progressive manager plus two or three. Sometimes you get like two or three Johnny Rose in one season, different age ranges where two or three people mm-hmm. take a massive leap. That might be enough to, to take you over the edge. Sometimes you get something like a team in Pukki who has an, a, a ridiculous goal scoring run of form out of seemingly nowhere. We have to wait our turn for something. I look at Coventry. Coventry got to the playoff final. Luton got to the playoff final last year. But do you yeah. think Coventry and Luton have been building something for a number of seasons? No. Whereas actually what I think, I, I think Luton definitely have, I'd, I'd say. I know they've been kind of in and you out. fancied with, them with for ages. Years. They're not going to shake And Coventry, in fairness, I think they've, they've been, re, you know, kind of really well oh, yeah, run like, oh, and see, managed. Robins. Oh, I love Robbins. Yeah, go on. I'll take there Robbins. Because um, I heard walking, him, I heard him in a Robbins wonderland. I, I heard him talking at the weekend uh, and I really liked how, I mean, it's one press conference, but I really liked how um, I'm trying to think of the, the 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 best adjective for it. He just seems so matter of fact and so considered. And I guess that he sounded like someone who'd been in post for seven years. You know, he sounded so calm, yeah. so like, well, we win some, we lose some. If we can play better than we have done against these recently, then you know, it was just so measured. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, ah, oh, wouldn't mind that. Is there anyone else? I can't think of this because Mark Robbins used to do Canary Call. Can you think of anyone else that used to do co-coms or Canary Call that has managed at a level, apart from, obviously, Neil Adams? Cedric Anslan has done kids <laughs> football, yeah. yeah. Simon Appin, I think he does like CSF stuff, but doesn't yeah. like Adam Jr. Yeah, right. yeah. like CSF stuff. Um, I'm sure our listeners will oh, tell Kenton. us. I'll tell you who will tell us. Kenton's done coaching. We've had him on a pod. But like I mean, like kind of managerial head coach stuff. Like Adrian Forbes, um, you know, kind of has, yeah. has done some kind of high level stuff as well. Look, Spud listens. He will get in touch. He'll tell us. Cheers. He will know. Um, right. Last question. This is from Chris Lacey, and he says, "This is maybe to your point. When will we all remember that most people thought we would be mid-table this season, and we are doing just that? Also, let's all support the women's team as they are awesome this season." So well, I think yeah. there's two strands to that. The women's team are awesome this season. They've just gone nine unbeaten. I was at Loftus Road yesterday. Um, they struggled to that result, but they found a way to win that game, and that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, there is an element of we all sat here, season previews, saying, yeah, I reckon we're going to be about 10th to 12th. I, that's where I thought we'd be, about 10th. My worry is I think we'll we might be worse than 10th now. Because I just think without Sergeant for that long, how how bad can it get? Because it's trending downwards. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's fair to say that there uh, 
the trend is to your point earlier about a chunk, the chunk of the game where you're playing your best stuff. That there is probably a trend where the portion of the game where we are playing to our best is is smaller than it has been. Um, and so we, you know, we are, there's maybe larger chunks of the game where we're surrendering possession, not necessarily because it's part of a cunning plan, but because actually we can't get the ball off them. And there was elements of the first half against Coventry that were like that. Um, although we should have had a penalty. So yeah, I don't know. The uh, Chris has basically made exactly the point that I, I was making earlier in the pod, which is th- this is sort of what I think we're good enough to do at the moment. You know, I I don't think we've got uh, unlike some previous seasons in the championship. I don't think you can go through our team from one to eleven and say he'd walk into any uh, first eleven mm-hmm. on, on many of them. Sarah would get into most teams not maybe not on every day because like midfield you, know, you do tend to have some good players in midfield but you know i think a... you'd walk into any championship side i think you're doing yeah. a disservice there i think okay. it's excellent well i was just trying to i was just trying to be a bit balanced because obviously you know we, we are quite big fans of norwich but yeah he he would uh he would walk into most teams most days um Stacey has shown a remarkably consistent i mean he has been really consistent i think he's had one off day uh, and he's played, you know, yeah. most minutes. I, really I think don't... he had two or three games recently where he his levels dipped. But you know, look, as a free signing, not what to, we've got not, for him not are not tremendous to, not, in right. the in the championship, and not that's costing you goals. And he, there hasn't been a single game he's played where he hasn't done at least one really creative, energetic kind of bomb I think forward. He's way, way better going forward than he is going back. Yeah, um, I, and I think Sergeant, I wouldn't have said this at the end of the summer but having now seen him sort of un- unleashed in that pair and and having kind of the the main main character role that he did at the start of the season if he was fully fit then he would be a candidate although he, again there are other strikers who are very strong in the championship and then you're sort of starting I mean Johnny Rowe in, on current form is going to be right up there with some of the best yeah. wide players in the league Gunn has got a shout to be in the top five or six goalies but I mean, that's it. And yeah. and we, we have had championship squads where almost one to 11, we can argue we should be in the team of the week every week. Yeah. So let's press the button and start the massive reset. But why? That isn't done at the plate. <laughs> players aren't going anywhere. You can't change the players. This is my point. I, I think, think you Garkin, can start that process. You can I think definitely Garkin start a that process. Pair of hands to oversee a transitional season where we give ourselves some interesting things to enjoy. It's a shame the cup run finished because that was just about to turn into something interesting. Um, and then, you know, if you. If he, like I say, if he's not doing active harm, I don't think players are getting worse under him, and I think that is a big no, element. That, that I would acknowledge. Previous managers, he seems to be getting more out of some players than anyone else has managed, and no, no one is going backwards. And and Shemi and Sarge, I think he's getting more out of than than we've seen under anyone else. I think think that is fair. Johnny Rowe, I think he's being a bit lucky. I think Johnny Rowe would have yeah, done this. Like he's got a fit Johnny Rowe. Like yeah. he's burst onto the scene. You know, like look. Dean Smith saw the potential in, in Rowe and brought him in, you know, kind of in the in the Premier League. And and I thought he did pretty well actually in his kind of bit part um start or bit part performances that he had. But I I wonder what we're building. And I'm not I maybe not, you know, kind of now that we aren't performing at the top or towards the top end of the league and we've signed, you know, kind of all of these thirty plus, you know, kind of year old players, it's like okay so what's next what what's the next step because yeah. it's fine if you're signing all of those experienced heads and things are going well 
But if this is a transitional season, all of those players are a year older. Wh- where are we going next? Is so there going to be another three Johnny Rose? I'm so are you so suggesting, sure. for example, well, Kevin Fisher looks like he's going to be in the team very soon. Um, not if you... your boy Jack Stacey continues to perform oh, at the level that he did. Fisher's good enough to play either side. Are you suggesting then that we almost need to... Would, okay, let me let me change this into a question. Would you therefore accept, proactively accept, um, a project sold to you by Mr. Napper uh, that, look, we're going to go for this young up-and-coming coach who's been running the academy at Arsenal or has been, you know, just thinking that he might go close to home or has mm. been, you know, under-23s manager at Roma or whatever and is, is, is due his first thing. He's got this really exciting way of playing. Uh, it's going to take maybe a couple of years to implement it. Uh, next year's might be a struggle. We're going to have to offload all of these people. And we, uh, you know, what, what happens when we're then 15th after 12 games next season? Because we can see the early shoots maybe if you squint, but we're still conceding way too many goals because we've got such a young I'm team. all in for that. I'm all in for that because then I know what the plan is. And Carol the plan Road at the moment is, John, no, and that, yeah. but then I can, I can have my opinion and Carroll Road can have their opinion. And, you know, that's, that's fine. That's what football is about. But yeah, I'd be way more up for, here's the long-term considered, well, you know, even short to medium-term considered plan than what we've got right now. The current iteration of what we are doing just feels like the club is massively in limbo. And, you know, there is an inertia that that really worries me. And that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. It might be helped by Napa coming in, doing some press. And... Yeah, if he can articulate, look, Wagner's my man and here's why. Yeah. You know, I might get behind that. I'll but, be amazed. You know, I'm going to need to see evidence. I'd be amazed if he doesn't try and do that. I mean, it'd be bonkers to come in and, and <sighs> yeah, not say there'll anything be a, be the old, Wagner. Yeah, give him a lovely vote of confidence and then that'll, that always goes well. Mm. All right. Well, anyway... Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to us. We will uh, keep our fingers crossed during the international break that there are no more kind of awful injuries um, to to befall any excellent players. Um, And let's just all keep our fingers crossed that the cryo chamber and the excellent homegrown veg at Colney gets Sergeant back sooner than we think. Mind, there you go.